Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Arkea, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to share some news with you. I am going to be leaving Something Scary at the end of the month. It's been close to three years of amazing times of producing, story editing, and narrating your horror stories and getting to know you all. The past two years weren't the easiest for any of us, but knowing y'all were vibing to our content every week helped to ground me. Now, I'm going off to do some new projects. Follow me on social media to keep our conversation going. Meanwhile, there will be a new host, and Snarled will be sharing more information about them soon. But I'll be here for a few more weeks, so you want to hear something scary? Many of you have seen a shadow out of the corner of your eye or had a feeling in your gut that you were not alone. Most likely, you encountered a ghost. But the idea of an entity is so terrifying it's often brushed off as nothing. An apparition can be friendly, but it can also be a murderous phantom seeking revenge. One thing is certain, if an entity is lurking, it wants something from you. First, enter at your own risk, followed by discarded totems inviting death. Then, killer history repeats itself. Finally, in our featured story, respect the dead or become one. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with a story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com slash snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Predatory spirits. When you move into a new space, thoroughly investigate the old things that were left behind. They could be dangerous or will keep you safe in your brand new space. Like in this story inspired by Colin. Everly was thrilled to buy her first house and to be living on her own without parents or a bunch of loud roommates. She stood in front of her new two-story brick house and she smiled contentedly. As she turned the doorknob to enter, 
she heard a soft tinkling sound. She looked down and saw three rusty-looking bells hanging from the knob. Not knowing how she could have missed them on her first inspection, she went inside and stood in the entrance hall. On top of her mountains of boxes, she spotted an envelope with a folded note inside. Dear owner, welcome to your new home. I lived here for many years, and now that I'm gone, I hope you make plenty of memories. I only ask that you do not remove the bells from the front door. They are there to keep you safe and to give you many years of happiness. It gave Everly an odd chill as she read it. What do they mean by keep me safe? Everly asked herself as she stuffed the letter into a box for trash. She then returned to the front door and looked at the bells. Superstitious nonsense, she thought, and yanked them off, tossing them into the trash with the letter. She began to unpack her boxes and quickly forgot about the bells. Later that night, she was woken by a creaking noise. It sounded like the front door. Wondering if she had forgotten to lock it, Everly got out of bed and peered down the corridor. From what she could see, the streetlight from outside was pouring in from the open front door. And the dark, spidery shadows from the tree in her front yard looked like skeletal fingers reaching for her. Everly flicked on the light and slowly crept down the stairs, looking for any sign of an intruder. With her heart pounding in her ears, she closed and locked the front door. She checked the rest of the house, but thankfully there was no sign of anyone else. Until she returned to the bottom of the stairs and saw a set of muddy footprints. As she looked closer, she saw that they weren't made by any boot or shoe. They were more like hooves. Trying to make sense of it, she decided she must have missed it before and made a mental note to do a deeper clean in the morning as she made her way back to bed. Over the next few days, Everly began to notice more strange occurrences. A scratching, grunting sound that came from just outside her bedroom. Long scratches along the wall in the hallway, and more hoof prints all over the house. After a few days of this, Everly began to feel scared. She reached out to her real estate agent to see if she had a way to contact the woman who had previously owned the house. When the realtor told her the woman had just passed away, Everly froze. Then she eked out the question. Did the woman ever mention anything about the house being haunted? Because I think, I think there's something in this house with me right now. Even as she said it, she could hear footsteps getting louder. The realtor shouted for her to get out of the house and call the police, suspecting an intruder of the human kind, but it was too late. Everly heard a deep growl outside her bedroom, and she dropped the phone as the door began to shake violently. Panicking, she slid under the bed. As soon as she did, the door crashed open. She watched a set of hooved feet enter her room and began to search for her. Everly covered her mouth to stifle her breathing as the hooved entity knocked over everything in its path. After what seemed like a lifetime, it left the room and began to destroy the rest of the house. Once she thought the thing was out of sight, Everly grabbed her phone and rolled out from under the bed. She tiptoed towards the stairs and listened. She heard banging about in the kitchen downstairs, so she decided to run 
as fast as she could towards the front door. But she never made it that far. Halfway down the stairs, she felt something grab her ankle through the banister and she started to fall forward. She landed in a heap at the bottom as pain raced all over her body. Groaning, she tried to crawl towards the front door, but she felt her leg being pulled. With a scream, Everly was dragged back inside the house. The last thing she heard before the door swung shut was the sound of bells tinkling, the bells that were the only ward against the entity within, that she had carelessly thrown in the trash, leaving herself open and unprotected. Now they had reappeared as the cycle reset itself with Everly's death in the vain hope that the next owner might just heed the warning and keep them. Thank you so much, Colin, for inspiring this mm, devilish tale for us. Well, we didn't know if it was the devil per se, but who else do you know walking around in hooved feet, ready to snatch (laughs) at a moment's notice? Listener, have you ever received something old, like an antique, and were told that it would protect you? Did it work? Tell us your stories of your personal totems that protected you or didn't. Email us at somethingscary at snarl.com. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you just want some quiet time, you may be driven to take desperate measures. But be warned, being alone isn't as wonderful as you might imagine like in this story by Janine. Bailey lay in her tent and smiled. This was a great idea. She'd needed to just get away from all the hubbub of noise and activity at home. She'd found the campsite online and was there within the hour. Now all she had was several notepads and pens and some supplies to keep her going through the night. She'd get some ideas down for this new script if it was the last thing she'd do. She wasn't completely alone on the site. There were a few other people dotted about, but mainly solo travelers, too. The spot was more of a fishing haunt, or for people who enjoyed hiking through the woods rather than family fun time. Another reason for choosing it. With three younger siblings at home, she didn't need the company or the hum of people around her. She put on her earpods, sat up in her camping chair, and began writing. As with always, when the ideas just flowed. Before she knew it, she was straining to see since it had started to get dark. Pleased with her work, 
She munched on some snacks and put on a fleece before getting into her sleeping bag with a flashlight and e-reader. The fresh air had made her sleepy, and before long, she dozed off, only a couple of chapters into the latest horror novel. Bailey woke with a start, disoriented for a moment until she remembered where she was. She tried to reassure herself that it was just a noisy critter. She was in the middle of a forest, after all, and in their territory. But it didn't sound like the usual snuffling she would have expected from an animal. Her flashlight was still on and was casting shadows on the tent. She knew enough about lighting to realize the strange, elongated fingers that seemed to be stretching over the top of the tent were likely only branches. At least, that's what she told herself. What she couldn't quite explain with science was why the noise from outside now seemed to be echoing all around her, as if whatever was out there had brought friends, and a lot of them. Or how the shadowy fingers could move with seemingly impossible lightning speed showing up on different parts of the material. Suddenly, the entire tent began to shake. Not with enough force to cause any damage, but enough to let her know something was out there, and she no longer believed it was a raccoon. Her mind raced with thoughts of Jason Voorhees and Victor Crawley. The shaking stopped as abruptly as it had started, and she considered briefly making a run for it, but realized she had nowhere to go. The tiny campsite office was closed. She didn't know any of the other campers, and they'd mainly seemed like middle-aged dudes who just wanted quiet fishing time. Her dad had dropped her off since they needed the car for her siblings. She couldn't leave. She grabbed her iPhone, wondering if it was too late to call dad and have him come pick her up now instead of tomorrow. It was only 1 a.m., but despite having perfect cell coverage all day, the battery was now drained to 10%, so she couldn't use the light, and she had no service. And with that, her flashlight went out too. Now she was not only completely alone, but in total darkness. She curled into a ball inside her sleeping bag, her teeth chattering. She tried to work out how long it was till sunrise, if she could just make it through, around five hours maybe. She'd pack up and head over to the office to wait for someone to arrive and then call her dad. Sobbing, Bailey buried herself into the sleeping bag. That childhood belief of making yourself smaller and covering up to escape the boogeyman under the bed. She felt something hard and realized it was her e-reader. It wasn't a flashlight, but it allowed some illumination. The dull glow from the screen did show her one thing, a shadow on the top of the tent as if someone or something was up there and looking down at her, which was impossible, since it was only cheap and wouldn't support that kind of weight. Still, there was something up there, and the next sound she heard was her own scream before she passed out with fear. Bailey came to early the next morning. It was now light outside, and she immediately scrambled out of the tent. Despite being warm and dry, the top of the material where she thought she saw something was wet, as was the ground around the tent. But nowhere else. The rest of the field was bone dry and empty. She was sure there had been a couple of other tents before she'd gone to bed, although she knew the fishermen were closer to the lake. In fact, she was sure she'd set up close to the tree line. The tent now seemed much further than it should have been. 
but there were no track marks or footprints, no obvious sign of anything having been there other than her. She quickly packed up and headed over to the office, or to where the office should have been, where it was yesterday, she was sure of it, but now there was nothing, just an old derelict shack. There was a faded sign in the window, which she now hurried over to check. It read, due to unforeseen circumstances, this site is permanently closed. Enter at your own risk. Dated July, 1984. Thank you so much, Janine, for writing this eerie tale for us. Very creepy. Have you ever experienced something spooky and unexplained while camping? What would you do if your tent started shaking for no reason? Pennsylvania is the site of many Civil War hauntings. The battles there are long over, but the ghosts that roam the land are still fighting to die another day. Like in this story from the Real Gettysburg Hotel, inspired by Yonita. Everyone in our eighth grade class was looking forward to the East Coast field trip. We couldn't wait to be away from our parents. After stopping in DC, our bus eventually crossed into Pennsylvania. As we entered, the leaves turned darker and a thick fog rolled in. The driver said we would be arriving at the Gettysburg Hotel in 20 minutes. During that time, he gave us a history lesson. The hotel had been built in 1797 and was supposedly haunted. We all laughed, making spooky noises. He was serious, though, and said during the Civil War, many people died there. Finally, he added, we should be all careful and stick with our teachers. A chill went up the back of my neck, but I shook it off. He was likely in cahoots with the adults, and it was a ploy to keep us in our rooms. The hotel didn't look as if it had been updated since 1797, with no recent additions to be seen. The red brick and large white pillars made me think we were starring in a period piece movie. As we began grabbing our bags, I looked up to the second floor window, where a woman was looking down at me. I waved. But upon that, she closed the curtain. When we went in, the hotel manager greeted us. Not only did he jokingly confirm the rumors of hauntings, he told us to stay away from the upper floors. He winked and said it was for your own protection. Clearly, this was to add a lure to a dying hotel. He was likely hoping to get a bunch of stuff on TikTok, easy exposure. After we grabbed a bite in the dining hall, we all went to our separate rooms. There were four teens per room, and each was adjoined to another room for the chaperone. The only thing separating us from Mr. Higgins, the math teacher, was a door, which took away the fun. In the middle of the night, I heard my buddy Eric moving about. He was drawing on the other people's faces and then taking pictures of them with his phone. Right when Eric leaned over one of our friends, there was a thud from the room directly above. It startled both of us, enough for Eric to drop his phone and to wake up the others. He turned on the lights. As our eyes were adjusting, there it was again, followed by a rattling noise, like bolts moving inside of a tin can. Eric and I locked eyes. The two other teens were confused. 
So while they were still figuring out how aliens were painted on their foreheads, Eric and I were already out the door, heading upstairs. Once we reached the top of the steps, we looked down a long, eerie hallway, and the door to the room above ours was wide open. The metal clanging sound grew louder, followed by the other sounds, which sounded more like banging now that we were closer. Carefully, we approached the door frame and peeked in. It was the woman I had seen earlier at the window. She was dressed as an old-fashioned nurse, holding a silver tray and trying not to shake. Next to her were two men in old military uniforms, screaming and fighting. We watched in horror as the larger man grabbed his pistol and shot the other unarmed man in the head twice. Clean it up, he commanded before he disappeared into the wall. Her hands trembled, causing the medical tools to clang. She looked up at us and the door slammed shut. The energy threw both Eric and I against the hallway wall where we fell in a trembling heap. Then the door opened again. The scene had reset from the beginning. Again, we saw the same two men arguing, the nurse shaking. It was repeating, but as the man lifted the pistol again, this time he pointed it at us. We bolted as fast as we could back down to our room. The others were washing their faces as we rushed through the adjoining door and woke Mr. Higgins. We explained everything, looking for solace, but instead we were met with frustration. He had seen the others scrubbing their faces and thought our story was somehow part of the joke. He was livid. After an hour, we were both still wide awake, trying to explain what we had witnessed. Then Eric's phone beeped and he remembered he dropped it on the floor. There was a text from an unknown number. He opened it and found a bunch of photos. As he scrolled, we realized they were of our friend's faces and the prank he was pulling earlier. Then the photos took a turn. It was as if someone else had found the phone and taking photos of Eric and I. How could that be? There was a shot of us turning on the lights, leaving the room, going upstairs and of us running away from the door when the man was shooting at us. Then the final photo showed Eric and I running toward the stairwell and behind was the nurse holding her tray walking after us. Thank you so much, Yoneda, for inspiring this story for us. Have you ever visited any historical war sites? What type of energy did you witness there? Was there anything so strange it made you fear for your life? In honor of the Hindi New Year, before it, people gather, celebrate, and also pay their respects during Lamta Tanja. But if you choose not to participate, you may be choosing death. The following is an adaptation of an old Indian folklore. Henjunaha and Lairohlamba desperately wanted to be together, but their families kept them apart, each believing the other wasn't good enough for their child. It wasn't until Lamta Tanja, the day the spirits are fed, that they finally formed a plan to run away together. Lamta Tanja is the first Saturday of the last month of the Mai Tai lunar calendar, where the locals would feed the Suru Unguru, or evil spirits. 
The whole community would be busy during this sacred activity, appeasing these evil spirits to keep them at bay. Every person had to give some sort of contribution to feed the spirits, or there would be fatal penalties. During it, the elderly women would then take the collected offerings to the crossroads. Henjunaha thought it would be the perfect time to go to Lairulamba, so they could elope unnoticed. As the sun began to set that Saturday evening, the town hurriedly filled their baskets with offerings and headed for the eldest matriarch's house. While Henjunaha's parents were focused on their contribution, he snuck out with his pack. He had to cut through the woods to stay clear of everyone else. It made the trip to Lairolamba's house longer than the regular route, but it would be safer to not be seen. As he neared the middle of the woods, he heard a shrill scream ringing from the crossroads. The high-pitched sound of terror could only mean one thing. Whatever the women had taken to the spirits was not enough. The Soroi Ungaroi were not satisfied, and someone would have to pay. He heard the town begin to panic, everyone running to their homes for safety. This had only happened once before, and several people in town had died, ripped apart by the angry spirits. And that's when he realized what had caused this perilous predicament. He had been so consumed with his mission of love, he had forgotten to donate anything to the spirits. He was the reason someone would die tonight. Henjunaha sprinted as fast as he could, no longer caring about being seen. He arrived at Lairolamba's front steps, where she was anxiously waiting, holding a bag ready to leave. She had heard the commotion and knew the spirits were angry. Catching sight of her love, she smiled and started to go out to him. Henjunaha called out to her to stay where she was. A mist had rolled in and the wind was rising. He saw something soaring towards him, like long black clouds, but with teeth. The entity surrounded him, then knocked him to the ground so he was trapped. Henjunaha tried to crawl toward his love as she reached out to him. If he could make it across the threshold of her doorway, he would be spared. It was his only chance. She screamed for him to move faster, but the spirits continued attacking him, making it impossible to break out of their circle. Lyrolamba yelled to him again, petrified by what she was witnessing and not knowing how to help. He steeled himself to try and reach her. The stones below him turned slick with his blood as he lunged forward, placing a hand on her blessed doorway. She grabbed it as they both mustered the strength to get him across the threshold. Enraged, the spirits fell onto him, their teeth ripping ever deeper into his flesh. Spinning like a tornado around him, they began absorbing each other to unite into one large, monstrous being. Flying up to gain momentum, it then soared down just as she was pulling her severely wounded lover inside. The giant united entity pummeled him from above, flaying the skin from his back. He fell into the safe house, but it was too late. His exposed muscles and organs glistened and bled as he died the pain and shock too much for his heart. Lyrolumba cradled his head, weeping, covered in her lover's blood. Distraught and heartbroken, she watched the triumphant spirits separate and fly away. 
the Suroi Ungaroi were done, for now. But there would be little time to mourn before their next feeding. Their weekly feedings happened each Saturday until the Hindi New Year. Or, as Lairunlamba began to think of them, the weekly chances she had to figure out some way to get retribution towards her love's ghostly murderers. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Janine Pipe. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Executive producer, Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you'd like to support Something Scary and all the work we do, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. And if you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary at snarled.com. Until next time, my dark darlings. Sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.